When we see St. Peter in the Gospels, very often it is uh, an image of Peter acting rather rashly. You know, Peter has this fantastic gift for being able to, uh, to say things rather quickly and realize he just stuck his foot in his mouth, or to be able to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, his very, very quick response, probably a sanguine personality, you know, quick, passionate response right off the bat. And so this is the, the fact of things, is, is that Peter has this attribute about him, and we see a, a, another touch of that today, because who among us, you know, at, at you know, three or four in the morning when, the, when our Lord is walking on water and they think it's a ghost, as a test to make sure it's him, would say, let me walk on water? I don't think I would. I know my faith is not that strong to even think that such a thing would be, would be a, reasonable, a reasonable, you know, expression of, of confidence. You know, you, I, would, I would make him do something, right? You know, I, I want you to do jumping jacks on the water, make sure it's really you or something. Like, I'm not getting out of the boat, though, because this is a safe place. But Peter just, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Come, he says. And here we start to see the, the reality of Peter's faith. Although today he is, you know, criticized by our Lord, he's, he's kind of uh, given a little rebuke, you know, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But we recognize that before, oh, you of little faith, Peter actually walked on water. I don't know if I've ever walked on water before in any genuine sense. I don't think I have. Perhaps if the lake was frozen up north and I was walking on the ice, I could theoretically say I was walking on water. But that's about as close as I could ever come to mustering that. But Peter, despite having been a fisherman and knowing that people don't walk on water, having a long experience of probably falling in the water himself, gets out of the boat and walks on it. There is faith in Peter's heart. It's not that he has no faith. It's that his faith, although present, as he begins to walk closer to our Lord, begins to shake a bit. It begins to be, you know, kind of fade a bit. It wavers in the midst of seeing the things around him, the storms and the waves. And he starts to realize, wait, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. And taking his eyes off of the Lord and remembering his own, his own humanity, he begins to sink. But here, too, Peter's faith is manifest because Peter, whenever he sinks into the water, he doesn't simply turn back and swim to the boat. He doesn't rely upon himself and his own ability to be able to swim and to, and to get back to a place of safety. He simply says, Lord, save me. Rather than relying upon himself, he again turns to Jesus. Lord, save me. And the gospel tells us immediately, Jesus took out his hand and picked Peter up. He gives him the rebuke, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Right? But our Lord certainly should commend Peter too for the faith that he possessed. Because there is great faith in the heart of Peter. But it wavered for a moment. And what our Lord was encouraging Peter to do was, was to trust absolutely. To trust wholly and entirely in himself. Not to worry about the things of the world, not to worry about what he can or cannot do, but rather, as the Lord calls, to go, to trust, to trust absolutely, knowing that the Lord will provide, 
even in miraculous ways. It was an invitation to a deepening trust, a deepening faith. And it's that that the Lord calls us to receive as well. Because all of us who are here has also expressed our faith. All of us have faith to some degree. It's been tested to, to more or less along the way. But all of us, by virtue of baptism, have had the seed of faith planted in of our hearts. And it's begun to grow by your presence here at Holy Mass, by, the, by the, the fact of seeking to live the life of faith, by spending time in prayer, by doing the things that you do that are, that are shaped by the gospel. It's a manifestation of faith alive in hearts. But here the Lord continues to call us too, just as he calls Peter, to not simply a, a strong faith, but an absolute faith. A profound faith that is willing to trust and able to trust despite everything else we may see. All the things of the world, and even knowing our own weakness just the same as Peter. To know that that simply cannot be, Lord. But if we are willing, he can do it. It's that faith that he's calling us to receive. To allow to increase within us by the grace of the sacraments by the grace of prayer, and especially our drawing close to him in the Eucharist, to reverence him, to know him, to love him, and to allow him to convert us and convict our hearts. It's this profound trust in the heart of Jesus that he wants for us today. Because he knows that all of us are tested. All of us have waves that come in the course of our, of our daily life to greater or lesser degrees. All of us have some weakness that we experience in ourselves. All of us have the, the things of, of, of whatever, the things of life, just all of life, that may cause us sometimes to be able to question, to question God, to question God's presence, to question God's goodness, to question God's closeness to us, to question the, the fact that He tells us He loves us and allows us to suffer. He allows us to go without, or it allows others whom we love to be able to do the same. In these moments, it is the wind and the waves of Peter that we ought to recognize. It's the things that are happening around us, and yet the Lord is inviting us and encouraging us, do not be afraid, have faith, have faith. And the reason we have faith is because the person of Jesus is God. He is truly God. This is the reason, it's part of what's, what's happening here also in the gospel. Is, you know, the, the, the disciples see the, the disciples see him coming on the water, and it's miraculous enough that he's walking on water, and that's, that's an attention getter. But then, you know, they cry out, they said, it's a ghost. They said, and he says, no, be not afraid, it is I. Take courage, it is I. The, the original language that our Lord would have been speaking, though, would not have sounded so, so pleasant simply as, it is I. It rather would have said, I am, which, if you know your scriptures, is the name of God. Take courage, I am. Speaking, speaking to the disciples, he's saying, I am the Lord. I am God present before you. I'm the one who made the waters. I'm the one who made the heavens and the seas. I made all of these things. Don't be afraid. Trust me. And that's why Peter is willing to jump out of the boat because he knows it's not just an ordinary man. It's God himself who is present. And he says, 
if you are truly who you say you are, namely God, you can let me do this too. That's why he has faith. He has faith in the presence of the Lord. But our Lord is revealing to them that he is truly God in flesh. And that's why the the passage concludes with all of them crying out, truly you are the Son of God. They all begin to make that expression of faith. And it's that understanding of, of knowing Jesus that then allows that faith to continue to increase, that they too can do miraculous and marvelous things, that they can trust the Lord despite what they think is a reasonable expectation that whenever our expectations are not met or things happen in the manner that we would not have them, it's for us too to, to hear the voice of the Lord say to us, take courage, I am, do not be afraid. And for us to place our trust in him wholly and entirely because the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who has created all things and to whom all things are subject, there is nothing that is more powerful than him. All of the things of this life that we endure, everything that we, that we would deem as, as unfitting for us, as, as contrary to our expectations, as you know, the, the fuel by which the evil one wants to, to have us be tempted to turn away from the Lord and to, to lose our faith because God wouldn't allow that to happen or God shouldn't do this, that, or the other thing. All of that, God is even more powerful than, than those things. There is nothing that is outside of God's control. But the things will happen still. The crosses will happen still. The sufferings will happen still to the innocent and to the wicked alike. Those will be the causes of our, of our you know, discouragement at times, perhaps. The things that may, will make us question and have those challenges to faith in us. But if we allow those challenges to faith to, to press us closer and closer to Christ, we have no need to fear. Rather, simply, it's for us to trust. And so as we offer this Holy Mass, we rejoice to be able to draw near to the Lord as the Lord drew near to the disciples, as the Lord drew near even to Elijah, and for us to recognize in the, in the stillness of this Holy Mass and the simplicity of the Eucharistic prayer of the bread and the wine brought forth to the altar, that here the Lord has come among us too. Here he is to strengthen us, to reveal himself to us once more and to nourish us and to help us to know deep within our bones that he is trustworthy, that he is good, that he is mindful of us, that he loves us, and for us to turn back to him in faith and to trust him in all things.